Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and today we continue our journey through the book of Revelation. We come to chapter 7, and we're going to answer this all-important question. Can people be saved during the seven-year tribulation? Well, friends, this chapter answers that question for us. We're going to see a whole group of God's people called tribulation saints. You know, John did not recognize them because John is part of the church. When the elders asked John, who are these? And John said, sir, you know, he didn't recognize them the way he did the church. Why? Because these are an entirely separate group of God's people called tribulation saints. Of all scriptures in the Bible, this text dealing with the 144,000 sealed Jews, this has caused more confusion and more division in the church. But today, we're going to bring clarity to it as we study God's Word verse by verse. So I'm glad you're with me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Awakened to Grace, Revelation chapter 7. So today, I want to answer a very critical question that so many of us have. So many of us think about our loved ones. We think about sons and daughters, grandchildren and great-grandchildren, co-workers, neighbors, friends, who if they were left behind, if the rapture, if the harpazo took place this evening and they were left behind, can they be saved during the tribulation? I want to answer that question carefully, pastorally, and most of all, biblically today. And we are going to answer that. I want to answer the question that has caused so much confusion in, among people studying the Bible. And so many people cannot figure out who these 144,000 sealed are. The Jehovah's Witnesses built a whole erroneous doctrine on it. And so many people get confused. By God's grace, we're going to bring clarity to that issue today. But let's start with verse number one. And Caleb, it says that the, he, uh, there's a phrase. Read verse one for me again that I want you to not miss in Revelation. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Now again, if you pay attention... As you read the book, you're going to encounter a phrase that keeps saying, after this. In the Greek, that's metatauta. That is such an important phrase because every time that John says metatauta, every time he says after this, that means a transition has taken place. Something big is just about to happen and something big has just happened. And John says, after this, what's he saying? After the succession of these uh, sealed judgments of chapter 6. Remember we said last week in chapter 6, the last verse, it asked a question. If this is the wrath of the Lamb, and make no mistake, the judgments upon the earth during the great tribulation, it is not judgments from Satan. It is not judgments from sinners, 
They are judgments from Almighty God. The Bible calls them the wrath of the Lamb. And it's vital that you and I understand that. And if the wrath of the Lamb is coming upon the earth, then the Bible asks this question, then who can stand? And chapter 7 is the answer to that question, who can stand? Last Sunday, after we studied the catastrophic events that's going to come on the earth, Sadie, we went to dinner or went to lunch, and she asked me a question going home. She said, if we're going to watch these events from heaven like you say, and I thought, well, it's not me, it's what the Bible says, but whatever. (laughs) But she said, and again, I'll reinforce that next week in chapter 8. As the trumpet judgments blast, listen to what the Bible says. We are going to be so stunned by the wrath of the Lamb. Listen to what the Bible says. There'll be silence in heaven for half an hour. You go back and you read Revelation and watch every single time. You, you study the sight passages, what John saw. But listen, study the sound passages, what he heard. Like thunder, like peals of thunder, like mighty roars of water. Everything in heaven is loud, according to John. But we are so stunned by the events of the earth. The Bible says there'll be silence in heaven for 30 minutes. Now, Sadie asked this question. If we are watching from the balconies of heaven and we see this catastrophe upon the earth... And yet God has wiped away tears in heaven. She said, here's what I don't understand. Will our hearts go out to the ones left behind? Will we weep for our lost loved ones? Will we be concerned about the souls on the earth? Friends, this this is my point today. I want to answer the vital question, can People be saved during the tribulation. And here is going to be my point. I want to show you, even in God's anger, even in his wrath, even on the greatest judgments. Listen, the Bible says of the, of the seven-year tribulation, Jesus himself said that there's never been a time like it in human history, nor will there ever be another time like it. And Jesus said that if those days were not shortened, that there would be no flesh saved. It is going to be an unbelievably, unbelievable time of wrath. And here is my point. The the purpose of the 144,000 sealed is because God, even in his wrath, has unbelievable mercy. And even during the tribulation, God is going to be proclaiming repentance to the world. And he's going to do it through these 144,000 evangelists. Can people be saved during the tribulation? Today I'm going to argue yes. And I'm going to show you with scripture why some say they won't. And why I believe in this scripture we see that they are. Now... As we go into this, notice what is happening. I believe the events that are taking place are rapid-fire successions. Just like labor pains coming upon a birth, 
things are happening very quick. And notice what it says. The four angels were ready to hold back the winds of the earth. Now, I I can't get all deep into this because next week, I think I'm more excited about next week than I've been about any part of our study so far. I'm going to show you next week with great detail why I believe the religion of the earth is going to be climate change. Are we not seeing the world get positioned for that right now? And I'm going to show you how the trumpet judgments are judgment upon climate change. It's judgment upon people who worship the earth. Who worship creation rather than worshiping the creator. And before this judgment comes, can you imagine what it would do to our climate if there were no wind on the earth? Can you imagine the effects on the climate if there were no wind? And we're going to see that God's going to judge climate change. Next week, I'm going to show you how things are changing so fast. I can't get into it right now. So I'm, but I want to show you even banks like Bank of America has introduced a new policy. That if a business doesn't have the right carbon footprint, they won't loan them money. If businesses don't have the right SEG score, they won't get loans. I'm telling you, they're getting ready. You won't believe the clampdown that's about to come. And it's all in the name of climate change. And the Bible predicts every bit of it. But that's next week. So John is watching. Judgment is about to fall. But then he hears the angel, verse 2, says, Whoa, don't harm the earth until we have sealed the servants of God. Now, who are these servants? If you're going to take notes today, let me help you in something in interpreting the Bible. So people get all confused about these 144,000. Some say it's this group. Some say it's that group. Let me tell you a trick when interpreting the Bible. And you should write this down. God says what he means. And God means what he says. You hear me? God says what he means. And he means what he says. When the Bible says sons of the Israelites, who do you think that refers to? The Jews. Now, again, Scripture speaks of a time of the Gentiles. That's Romans chapter 11. And the Bible lays all this out. You should read You should read Romans 11 to understand God's heart and God's plan and what God expects our attitude to be toward Israel. The Bible tells us crystal clear. It tells us how we ought to pray. It tells us how we ought to think. It tells us how we ought to feel concerning the Jewish people. And see, the Bible says that during the time of the Gentiles, the Jews are partially blinded. What does that mean? That means from the day of Pentecost till the rapture of the church, Revelation 4.1, the harpazo, God right now is focused on the Gentile world. He is saving his, what did we call it? The Gentile bride. Remember Ruth who was a Gentile and Boaz who was the kinsman redeemer? And God is preparing for the marriage supper of the Lamb when Christ will marry the church, the bride. 
who is the Gentile bride, Ruth. But once the harpazo, the rapture, takes place, then God shifts his focus back to Israel. And here is my point. Say amen if you're with me right now. Don't miss this. Our brothers and our sisters in the Lord who believe in what's called replacement theology or replacement covenant, those who would take Israel and replace Israel with the church, let me tell you why that's so wrong. Because God has made an everlasting and a permanent and an eternal covenant with Israel. They have always been God's people and they always will be God's people. Not because of them, but because of God and because of his faithfulness. And see, our brothers and sisters who would replace Israel with the church, they unknowingly, they are making God to be a liar. Because if the church replaces Israel, then what happens to God's eternal covenant with Israel? Remember what we said. God has distinctive sets of people. And as we see in this chapter, we're going to see Israel. We're going to see the 24 elders, who is the New Testament church. We're going to see the angels. We're going to see the four living creatures. You can't mix up these groups. They are, they are distinctive groups. Where am I at, Caleb? Verse 3. No, I don't know, I, I don't know where I'm at. Verse 9, I believe. Oh, we're after already the, at verse 9. 144,000. Yes. <laughs> so what's the point? So what's the point? Here is my point. The 144,000, and we're going to peek into chapter 14 today to see the true purpose of them. But for right now, understand this. Even in the darkest days of wrath, God's going to have lights in the world. And they're called the 144,000 sealed Jews. God is going to mark his people. God is going to seal his... I'm going to talk about that in just a moment when we get to chapter 14. God is literally going to seal them on their foreheads. God's going to protect them through the entirety of the tribulation. And they are going to herald and they're going to proclaim and they're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the globe. Now we come to this question. And what's their purpose? God's fulfilling his promise to Israel. God's shifting his focus back to Israel. Why? Because the Gentile church is raptured. The Gentile church is in heaven. Now we come to verse 9. What is the fruit of the 144,000 sealed? Who is going to be saved in their preaching? The Bible tells us. Verse 9 says, After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. So Paul's right there. What was the phrase? Metatauta. See, you'll catch it all through Revelation. John sees the 144,000. He hears their number. He's blown away by it. And then Metatauta after this. Now he sees the fruit of their ministry. Read it one more time, Caleb. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. So don't miss that. Now, again, God has distinctive groups of people. 
The Jews, and what do we say? God means what he says. God says what he means. If it says sons of Israelites, it's the Jews. It's not Gentiles. It's not Mormons or Jehovah's Witness or this group or that group. It's most certainly not the church, the 24 elders. Who is it? It's the Jews. And who are they preaching to? They're preaching to the globe because who's this multitude that no man can number? They're out of every people. Out of every nation, out of every language, out of every tribe. See, when the Bible speaks of nations, this gospel shall be preached to all nations. In our Western thinking, we think of our geographical borders. But when the Bible speaks of nations or tribes or peoples, the Greek there is ethnos. It means people groups. Amen. And when the people see this 144,000, they are going to fulfill that great prophecy of Jesus when this kingdom has been preached to all ethnos, to all peoples, then the end will come. They're going to fulfill that. And what's going to be the fruit? People out of every nation, out of every kindred, out of every tribe, out of every language. Amen? Go on. Sorry. Clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So, again, notice the distinctive in chapter 4 when we meet the 24 elders. Now, don't, don't miss this. If, if I were you, I would, I would draw a, a, a middle line and I would put uh, the elders and I would put uh, the tribulation saints who we're meeting right now. And I would note the contrast between the two. Remember in chapter 4, when we meet the elders, who I believe represents the church, because even in the church today, who represents the leadership of the church? Elders. Even in this church, we have an elder team. Our pastors are our elders. And when we meet the elders in chapter 4, they're wearing white robes, but everyone in heaven wears white robes. Because do you remember what the right, what, <laughs> white robes, I keep wanting to say right. Do you remember what the white robes represent? Revelation chapter 19, verse 8. They are the righteous deeds done, upon, done by the saints upon the earth. Do you remember what we keep saying about that scripture? You are threading your heavenly garments right now today. Can we say amen to that? Every time you feed the homeless, you're threading your white robes. Every time you help somebody in need, you're threading your white robes. Every time you do something in the name of Jesus for someone else, you are threading your white robes. And how well you're dressed up there will be how well you lived down here. Now, the elders are dressed in white. The tribulation saints are dressed in white. But what's the difference? The elders are crowned with golden crowns. You remember that? And see, there are crowns right now. You can win. There's the soul winner's crown, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of glory, the crown of life, and on and on and on. There's many crowns that you can win as a believer. But we don't see that with the tribulation saints. Remember, we have the golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. We don't see that. We see palm branches in the hands of these tribulation saints. And then the greatest distinction, and don't miss this. Well, let, let me let you get there, Caleb, and then I'll point it out. Keep, keep reading. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be <laughs> now, to our God. Remember what, what we keep saying? If you pay attention to the number seven, it's laced through the entire book. How many things did they just honor God with? Seven things. It's all over the book. Continue, please. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? And listen to John's response. I said to him, Sir, you know. Now, isn't this interesting? Say amen if you're with me right now. Because you know I can't see you. <laughs> I don't know if you're bored or if you're with me right now. So I like it when you, when you amen here. <laughs> in chapter 4 when we meet the elders John knows exactly who they are there is no need for an explanation do you know why? because John is part of the blood bought church he recognizes them but when we come to chapter 7 and we meet this new group of people around the throne of God why do you suppose John does not recognize them? And remember the pattern we said? Every time in Revelation that it speaks of events on the earth, who speaks of them? The four living creatures. But every time it speaks of events in heaven, who is speaking? One of the elders. And when one of these elders turned to John and says, Who are these? What does John say? Sir, you know. Why does John not recognize them? Because, friends, they're not the church of Jesus. They are the tribulation saints. And the Bible's going to tell us that. Go on, please. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. So what did we say? God has distinctive sets of people. He has the Old Testament saints. He's got the New Testament church, which we are most privileged to be part of today. He's going to have tribulation saints. He has angels. He has the four living creatures. Don't mix these up. When you understand the distinctives, then you begin, the, the puzzle pieces all begin to come together. Now, you and I are going to be watching this in heaven. And I want you to pay careful attention here. Who all is around the throne of God? In chapters 4 and 5, it's the angels, the 24 elders, which is the church. The, the, it's a representation meaning the church. A multitude that no man could number. And the four living creatures. Now, who is around the throne of God? The angels, the 24 elders, the living creatures, and now these groups of, this group of people who the Bible says they've washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb, they have come out of great tribulation. This is from the beginning of the tribulation. Remember the fifth seal, the martyrdom of God's people, all the way through the end of the seven-year period. This is a panoramic view. And here's what I want you to see. You and I are going to welcome these precious people around the throne of God. We're going to welcome them to worship our Lord and Savior, 
If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awaken to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcasts, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakentograce.com for more information about our church or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awaken to Grace.